What up, world? Welcome all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. This is our episode for Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. We're talking live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel on Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. We hope you're having a wonderful day. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that uh, as much as you could, you enjoyed the latest Dallas Cowboys game of the season, the Dallas Dallas Cowboys losing on a Tuesday night, playing their first game ever on a Tuesday, losing to the Baltimore Ravens 34-17, to the final score um, that both feels like um, not totally representative of the game and b- both equally representative of the entire game. Um, the Ravens were no match for the Cowboys. Dallas was never really in this game. Um, I-, I think from a score perspective, they certainly were. You know, they were one possession down, two possessions down. Things were kind of close um, at-, at certain points, but it always felt like they-, they really weren't. It always felt like they were really far away. It felt like the Cowboys, even though they had more than twice the amount of time to prepare for this game than the Ravens did, that they were just outmatched, outwitted, outprepared, outtalented. This uh, this game obviously featured a lot of prominent players for the Ravens. The Ravens uh, lost a lot of these players to the COVID-19 list for their Wednesday game last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but most uh, of them returned and most of them were back. Um, and so um, they, they made hay, uh, they made their way, and, and they kind of had a lot of fun. They, they were even laughing at the Dallas Cowboys. And so there's a lot uh, to focus on. There's a lot to blame, and we're going to do that here on our post-game show. If you are joining us live on YouTube, let us know in the comments. Let us know what you liked which was probably not a lot. Let us know what you did not like. We already have some people. Christopher Lopez um, says, uh, you know, from Imperial Valley, Southern California. What's up, uh, Christopher? I hope SoCal is treating you well this time of year. hope the weather is nice. I uh, hope it's not frightful, as they say. Uh, but Chris, starting us off, says we need a defense. Jalen Smith is not a star. Here's the thing. Um, Jalen Smith is is bad, right? We all agree. Jalen Smith has not been the player that the Dallas Cowboys kind of hype him up to be, even still continually. I don't think that Jalen Smith was awful in this game. I thought late and Vanderish actually struggled in this game. The Lamar Jackson run that he housed was not a great moment for Leighton Vanderish. Um, but yeah, I mean, so overall, the Cowboys linebacking core needs to be completely reworked. The Cowboys safety situation needs to be completely reworked. Uh, I write winners and losers after every Cowboys game at bloggingtheboys.com. Xavier Woods is one of my losers. Let's get into all of it. Let's, let's kind of start at the beginning, though, because this game is terrible and is awkward and as unfortunate as it was really got off to a very weird start this was supposed to be the rematch for the Dallas Cowboys right Des Bryant now a member of the Baltimore Ravens was going to play against his former team for the first time Des's road back to the NFL has been well chronicled we're all rooting for Des trying to see him succeed trying to see him throw the X up again uh, and so we were hyped hyped to see this game I think I, I think I speak for a lot of Cowboys fans and that I wanted to see Des score I wanted to see him throw up the X against the Cowboys it might not have uh, had the same juice as it would have had Dez done that against Jason Garrett, for example, but it still would have been very interesting, but that was not to be the case. Dez Bryant broke the news actually before the game started, about 30 games before the game started, uh, tweeting, Tell me why they pull me from warming up so I can go get tested. My uh, my something uh, come back positive. I tested positive for COVID. WTF? Uh, our thoughts, our prayers, our well wishes with Des. We want him to be as healthy as possible. This was a huge shock and, and really kind of sent uh, a ripple effect through the beginning of this game and kind of called the game into question in general. And I don't want to get political. I, I don't want to make this a, a discussion about you know how you may or may not feel about you know our world's current climate, but. It is so impossible to believe that Des Bryant could test positive for COVID and 
not have anybody around him be deemed somebody that should be taken away from the game as well. That just that's hard to explain to uh, an average person. That that's a difficult proposition to understand. And so a lot of people were kind of concerned, and it it added a really surreal effect to the idea that the NFL said Des Bryant was supposed to play in this game that's kicking off in 30 minutes. He's um he's not going to play because he tested positive. We'll be back after this, and it'll be time to throw to Joe and Troy for kickoff coming up. And it just was a really weird way to sit. Uh, Des was very active on Twitter throughout the game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, spoke for a lot of Cowboys fans, I think, uh, at one point tweeted out, I'm about to drink some wine and cope, talking about his own situation. Des uh, did have some fun later in the evening on Twitter, but um, that, that does, I think, speak for a, a way that you know a lot of Cowboys fans feel um, right now because the Cowboys are really bad. The Cowboys are 3-9 and nine now after this loss to the Baltimore Ravens. They have ensured a losing record for the first time since 2015, and Cowboys fans are pissed off. We're bothered. We are upset because – Look, we all let's let's be clear. Let's say this at the beginning of this conversation. We know that this team is bad, right? We know that this team is missing Dak Prescott. We know that there are talent issues and there are health issues and there are injury issues and there are emotional issues. The Dallas Cowboys have been through a lot this season. We are all well recognizing of that fact. However, it's kind of hard to deal not only with the fact that the team is bad, but that the team is seemingly putting up very little effort. Xavier Woods kind of headlines that, I think, um, and a lot of people really kind of point back to Xavier's comments a few months ago about how you can't give 100% on every play. We talked about that on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. We do a podcast every 12 hours. If you didn't know, you can subscribe on all major podcast platforms because we know that news is constantly changing with regards to the Cowboys. I do think that those original comments were taken out of context. I, I, I understood what Xavier but he, he really put it in a bad way. And so when you come out and you play like he did against the Ravens, it, it just, those things come back to haunt you. Um, Xavier had a moment early in the second half against Lamar Jackson. And to be clear, it's a very difficult thing to uh, tackle and to stop Lamar Jackson. But it felt like Xavier Woods had a shot on third down to stop Lamar and to, you know, to force the Ravens to punt, but it just kind of felt like he didn't try. He had a really awful penalty in the first half, some really questionable decisions. And so the Cowboys right now hold the top five pick. Uh, if the season were to end today, it obviously doesn't. There's still a month left. But it's it's difficult to sort of analyze and assess uh, how the Cowboys should spend their top five pick because they seemingly have so many directions that they can go. That's ultimately a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Let's see. Tiniest007 on YouTube says, RJ, it felt like defensively they didn't even try. And I it's hard, right? It's hard for us to sit here and throw stones. It's hard for us to sit here. Uh, by the way, we would, we would complete those stones against this Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, but it's it's hard for us to 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 ridicule and to criticize effort, right? Because we don't know the actual effort that's being given. And but I get this comment because it did kind of seem like that. It does kind of seem like this Cowboys team has effectively quit and is effectively just kind of going through the motions, right? Nah, there's four games left. Whatever, you know, we're three and nine. I know the NFC East is bad, but the New York Giants won. The Washington Football Team won. You know, know we're kind of out of it at this point I know that it's mathematically possible and it is it is still mathematically possible but it, it just it kind of feels like everybody's just fine laying up on the rest of the season and I don't like to lay up I like to go for it and oftentimes it doesn't wind up well for me but uh, you get the picture you get the idea it is not a good look for this football team it is not a good look for Mike McCarthy um, and, and to be clear Mike McCarthy has done a lot um, and and been dealt a lot really is what I should say Mike McCarthy's faced a number of challenges every coach has faced challenges this season we all know that we all get that I'm not personally out on Mike McCarthy yet but I am 
down on him after this game. I thought this was one of the worst games that Mike McCarthy has coached so far for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a lot of people so far in our comments are down on Andy Dalton. I don't think that Andy Dalton played terribly. Um, it was not a great performance, but um, look, let's let's talk about let's let's look at some highlights. Okay, let's look at some highlights for a second, and then we'll, we'll kind of put this whole thing together. If you're watching on YouTube, either live or after the fact, Darian Thompson, uh, Donovan Wilson out in this game. Darian early in the game got an interception off of Lamar Jackson. Nobody in their right mind was expecting Darian Thompson, of all people, to be the one to come away with an interception, and he did. So kudos to him. The Dallas Cowboys, it was their only turnover of the game. Nice to see. Um, I don't know if your defense is bad, if you should be running all the way down to the camera and doing that whole dance, but you know, do what you want to do, Darian Thompson. It's your interception. You can party how you want to. Another highlight worth showing you, Michael Gallup hadn't scored a touchdown since week three, back all the way against the Seattle Seahawks. Well, he caught one here tonight, which was very impressive. Shout out to Michael Gallup. Shout out to Amari Cooper late in the game. Uh, very late in the game, actually. Amari Cooper caught a touchdown after the Cowboys could not get in with Ezekiel Elliott, who Jerry Jones has said is the best player on the Dallas Cowboys, an assertion I think he would like to have back. I want to show you this highlight because I think it's important. Justin Tucker had not missed inside of 40 yards in 70 tries. Joe Buck cursed him uh, and finally got him to miss on try number 71, but Justin Tucker missing in this contest. And in fact, this kind of steers us into a conversation point that I want to really hit. Um, actually, here's the Justin Tucker thing again. One second here. Bre uh, Brett Coleman, who does a great job covering the NFL on Twitter at Brett Coleman, tweeted out. This is his tweet. Justin Tucker has said a few times that M&T Bank Stadium is the hardest place to kick in the league ever since they put in the new scoreboard. It changed the wind patterns and now it swirls more instead of being a static directional wind. Makes it tough on kickers. I'm curious if you are with us live right now on YouTube. Do you blame Greg Zerline or Mike McCarthy more for the brokenness that we saw on Tuesday night because I blame Mike McCarthy and this is where I really have a bone to pick with him I mentioned I do winners and losers every week after every Cowboys game at blogontheboys.com and Mike McCarthy is my ultimate loser Greg Zerline's a loser because I mean if you miss three field goals you're going to be on the losers list no matter what but as mentioned it is obviously difficult to make field goals even for the great Justin Tucker at M&T Bank Stadium and when the Cowboys were down by 14 points at the beginning of the fourth quarter down by 14 points Mike McCarthy elects to try to kick a field goal okay now even if you make this field goal you go from it being a two possession game to a two possession game even in the best possible result world your two possession situation is still a two possession situation I realized it was a long fourth down I realized the Cowboys offense had not been moving the ball but you know what I realized that this particular stadium is difficult to kick in it is so difficult to kick in that Greg Zerline had already missed twice on the night Justin Tucker had already missed once on the night and so to that point I think that th there's there's two possibilities here this was either a move of extreme cowardice by Mike McCarthy and his staff to try to kick this field goal right like oh man what are we going to do we can't score let's kick a field goal or this was a code red right up oh, time to tank time to tank like a lot of people thought Greg Williams did I don't agree with that uh but um you know, it was either that or it was either that really is the point here. And so I put that on Mike McCarthy. There were a lot of poor decisions in this game. The Cowboys went foot on fourth down. Um, ultimately, it was a better decision from a play calling standpoint that we saw last week against Washington. But there was a lot of brokenness in this game. A lot of you are criticizing Mike Nolan in our YouTube comments. And Who's, who's disagreeing with that? Mike Nolan is a huge problem right now. And Mike McCarthy has caped for Mike Nolan week after week after week after week, even amidst the, uh, what was it, Cholula or hot sauce or whatever he got in his eye. I mean, Mike Nolan, this defense was atrocious. And 
it's different when teams play on national television and the whole world uh, gets to watch them and gets to roast them and gets to kind of experience it together on Twitter, etc. Um, and that's kind of what this game was. This was like the world's trouncing of the Dallas Cowboys and trouncing of Mike Nolan's defense. Let's look at the total yards in this game because it was a really impressive performance statistically for the Baltimore Ravens. 401 total yards. Look at the Cowboys. 388 total yards. Not a massive difference. Only 13 yards of a difference. Okay. Seven 7.4 yards per play for the Ravens to the five yards per play for the Cowboys. One turnover for each team. Uh, as mentioned, the Ravens didn't even touch the ball for that long in this game, yet they dominated the Cowboys. They dominated them because while they ran the ball so much, they ran the ball for a billion yards against Dallas. Every run was huge. I mean, th- again, Jalen Smith, not great in this game. Leighton Vanderish, not great in this game. Xavier Woods, not great in this game. I thought that Jordan Lewis played really well. Um, I thought that Noah Brown played really well on the offensive side of the ball. But overall, this defense looks like like a group that has just absolutely checked out on the season. Let's see here. Uh, PSN I Cranby says, Nolan must be the first fire this offseason. It's never fun to talk about people losing their jobs and people getting fired. And we all are talking about the Dallas Cowboys because we all want to see them succeed, right? We all want to see the Cowboys do well. And we realize that things are not the way that they should be, not the way that they could be. And it's, it is difficult to find even a remote reason to defend Mike Nolan as the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Dallas Cowboys at this point. They have gotten just roasted. They have gotten embarrassed. They are the get-right game for every team. I mean, Cleveland ran all over this team. Look at what Washington did to this team twice. I mean, this is a team that offensive coordinators are super pumped to go up against. I tweeted this out in the middle of the game. If you are looking for an offensive coordinator to go against the Dallas Cowboys, like a forever offensive coordinator, like you know when you were a kid and you played football in the backyard and you were like, this is our forever quarterback, Gandalf needs to be the forever offensive coordinator against the Dallas Cowboys because you shall not pass. You don't ever have to pass against the Dallas Cowboys. I know that Lamar Jackson threw an incredible touchdown to Hollywood Brown. Doesn't matter. This was a domination of the Ravens on the ground against the Dallas Cowboys. And the saddest part about it is that it was extremely predictable. We all saw this coming. And think about this for a second. I'm not trying to say that the Dallas Cowboys should have won this game. They were eight-point underdogs, depending on where you look, but that was kind of the average spread. That made sense, right? I mean, the Cowboys are a really bad team. They had won three games coming into this. The Ravens, while they have struggled, are believed to be a team that has elite potential, can get back in the mix. And guess what? For the next couple of days, the Ravens play on Monday Night Football next week. We're going to have to hear all about how the Ravens are back in the mix, how Lamar Jackson is back, and he might very well be. uh, But the Cowboys are the team that boosts your profile, and that certainly happened here for Baltimore. But... um, the Cowboys had twice as much time to rest and prepare for this game as Baltimore did. Now, I realize the Cowboys are dealing with a lot, but look at what we saw on Monday night. The Washington football team in a very similar situation because Washington and Dallas played on Thanksgiving and Pittsburgh and Baltimore played each other last Wednesday. So Washington had basically the same amount of time to prepare for a road trip, just like the Cowboys did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the lone undefeated team in the NFL. And what did they do? They went in there, they got that dub, respect. And a lot of people are giving Ron Rivera a lot of credit it and they should be and again I'm not totally out on Mike McCarthy but I am I am inching closer at least to the very bit of the middle um and so it is it is difficult to defend Mike McCarthy it is I mean let's let's put it this way 
there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, of criticism from Mike Nolan, certainly in our YouTube comments as well. Uh, SVT Snake 1999, let's party like it's 99. Says defending Nolan is absurd. I guarantee you, we're going to hear Mike McCarthy defend Mike Nolan this week. I guarantee you, we're going to hear Jerry Jones defend Mike Nolan this week on the radio. And that's just the way the Cowboys are, right? And that's what makes it so frustrating. I mentioned Jerry Jones's comment about Ezekiel Elliott earlier in the in the show uh, about how he believes Ezekiel Elliott to be the best player on the team. Those types of comments only make the situation worse right like we all see Zeke struggling and I know what happened there at the end of the goal line was not entirely Zeke's fault I know that but my point in in tweeting about that and talking about that is that Jerry puts this magnifying glass with like the sun like Sid in Toy Story you know what I'm talking about with the with the toys the evilness of him um, Jerry's doing that with with, a, with the magnifying glass he's magnifying the heat the, the level of criticism that is on people like Zeke Elliott and Jalen Smith and even Mike Nolan to a degree because we all see this right like we're not idiots we're all sitting here. We're all reading blogontheboys.com. We're all chilling on the postgame show, and we all know what we see against these teams, and it's really bad. And so for you to come out and tell us to our face, yeah, Zeke Elliott's awesome. Jalen Smith is awesome. Mike Nolan's awesome. Dude, we're not fools. We see this. We know that they're not good. Uh, Andre on YouTube says, RJ, Jerry and Steven Jones have really improved their drafting with Will McClay, but they have zero clue on roster construction and cap management. That defense needs to be completely revamped. Now, I agree that the Cowboys have had some success in terms of drafting, right? We agree. And certainly uh, for a long time, we, we and we still to a very large degree have the, the idea of saying, well, since 2010, the Cowboys have essentially knocked their first round picks out of the park, right? Like 2010 to now, the aforementioned Des Bryant, Tyron Smith, Mo Claiborne, Super Bowl champion Mo Claiborne, uh, Travis Frederick, retired now, Zach Martin, who didn't play in this game, Byron Jones, who's in Miami, Zeke Elliott, Taco Charlton, obviously the, the biggest whiff. Um, and then, you know, you've got Leighton Van Der Esch and you have nobody because of Amari Cooper and now you've got C.D. Lamb and we all know that but let's look for an example um a lot of the problem with the Cowboys right now is their secondary, right? Um, the 2017 Dallas Cowboys draft class. First round pick, Taco Charlton, huge bust, and could have had TJ Watt. Second round pick, Cheetah Bay Wuze, who's been okay, right? Like Cheetah's been fine and, and maybe Maybe Cheeto comes back. Who knows? But he's been okay. Third round pick, Jordan Lewis, who I thought was maybe the best defensive player in this game. So shout out to him. Fourth round pick, Ryan Switzer. Uh, you know, certainly wishing Ryan well. He's awesome. I, I've never understood what, what went wrong there. But moving on in that draft class, they got Xavier Woods, who was maybe the worst defender on the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday night, which is really saying something. And you got Noah Brown in that class, too. Um, so, I mean, you know cool. But my point here is, yeah, on the surface, the Cowboys have had success in drafting, but those those deeper rounds, those later rounds have not gone well for them. I mean, look at their, who is the best Dallas Cowboys draft pick from the 2019 class, right? And I realize they didn't have a first round pick and maybe Tristan Hill comes back next season in his third year and is better. But right now it is possible that the best rookie obtained from 2019 is Brandon Knight, who was undrafted. And the second best player is what, Tony Pollard? I mean, if you're you know, this this is the NFL in 2020. If your best pick was a running back, you know, unless it's Alvin Kamara or something, you're, you know, you're, you're not really hitting. And so while I agree that the draft process has improved, I certainly agree that the roster construction, the Cowboys have, have been so uh, so tight when it comes to free agents. The Cowboys have had no level of foresight as we've seen played out with long-term contracts. They they lost their contract negotiations with Zeke Elliott. They lost with Demarcus Lawrence. They let Byron Jones walk. They literally let Amari Cooper hit free agency. Now that worked out. And they have yet to negotiate a long-term deal with Dak Prescott. By the way, we are having this conversation on the day that the Philadelphia Eagles 
Eagles benched Carson Wentz. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot wrong with this front office management. And there's a lot of people who say this all the time, right? Like it's a GM issue and that's a fair take to have. And it's a fair thing to say. Think about this. Think about this long and hard, okay? The Dallas Cowboys were just embarrassed, as you and I sit here talking, by the Baltimore Ravens, right? Now, we all know the Baltimore Ravens to be an illustrious NFL franchise, right? The Baltimore Ravens have had a lot of success. John Harbaugh has become a really great coach. John Harbaugh has got a Hall of Fame resume at this point, especially if he wins another Super Bowl. Um, The Baltimore Ravens have won two Super Bowls as a franchise. They've been to multiple AFC championship games, right? The Baltimore Ravens have had an inordinate amount of success as an NFL franchise. We all agree with that. Do you realize that the last time that the Cowboys even appeared in an NFC championship game happened before the Baltimore Ravens existed, okay? So think about that for a long second, all right? The entire history and success, rise and fall of multiple variations of the Baltimore Ravens franchise has come completely in the time following any even appearance of the Dallas Cowboys in the penultimate game of the season. That is a flabbergasting sort of fact, but it's where we are. And I'm not trying to be the guy that just lives in history. Oh man, it's been so long since the Cowboys won, but we are upset and we are frustrated. And, you know, this season has some legitimate, you know, Call them excuses. The season has some legitimate excuses. You lose your franchise quarterback and things are going to be rough for you. But you look at other situations and other teams have found ways to prosper. And that leads to questions. That leads to conversations. That leads to confusion. Um, and, and then you look at other decisions like the continued promotion of Ezekiel Elliott. King Kaiju says Zeke is declining and I'm not sure if it's wear and tear or lack of motivation. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, I mentioned Jerry's comment that, that he made about Zeke being the best player on the team. Zeke is not even the best running back on the Dallas Cowboys at the moment. That is not a hot take. That's just a fact. Tony Pollard, who really, you know, shout out to Tony Pollard. I killed Tony Pollard early in the season on kickoff returns because he was an unmitigated disaster there. But Tony Pollard has kind of turned it around. He fell down on one of them against the Ravens. But Tony Pollard is by far the most explosive running back on the team. Brian on YouTube says, RJ, what's the deal with Zeke? He was better tonight, but still doesn't look like the vintage Zeke. I know the O-line is devastated, but Pollard looks a lot more explosive. Is it time for him? Thank you for agreeing, Brian. Now, here's the thing. Was the offensive line that bad in Baltimore? I mean, think about it. Like, was the offensive – I mentioned winners and losers. I had the offensive line as a winner for the Cowboys. I thought the offensive line played very well, all things considered. I mean, think about the fact that this offensive line was missing Zach Martin, who the Cowboys placed on injured reserve on Monday. And the last time the Cowboys were without Zach Martin was when they went to Washington and they were so bad that Andy Dalton got run over and and had a concussion. And so I thought that all things considered, the Cowboys' offensive line held up. I mean, I'm going off the top of my head at this point, but Andy Dalton was sacked, what, once? right? One, and that was kind of Andy's fault. And that's why I think Andy played okay. I, I think that overall things are just, you know, it's, it's hard. It's not quite square peg and a round hole, but it, it's just, it's finicky and it's, it's frustrating and it's, it's awkward and it's, it's just trying to ram stuff. And that's just not happening. Nothing is fluid. Nothing is smooth for the Cowboys. And that's a huge part of why they're having so many problems, not just on offense, not just on defense, not just on special teams, which are still a continued disaster, but overall, the overall functions of their teams. Now, Andre says, our I don't think Jerry Jones uh, has a chance of winning another Super Bowl in his lifetime. The wins were all Jimmy Johnson. Another, you know, kind of thing that people love to say. Um, it's it's hard. And, you know, 
people look at the New England Patriots, right, and and their run that they had, and who knows if, if it does end this season, but people say, oh, the Patriots got to play the Dolphins and, you know, the Bills and the Jets when they were really bad and were really terrible. But, I mean, like, this, this is a chance. Like, the NFC East has not just been bad this year. I know the Eagles won the Super Bowl three years ago, but generally the NFC East has been there for the taking, and the Cowboys have managed to take it, right? They took it in 2014, 16, and 18, and, you know, that that was kind of it, right? Like, that's that's the end of the road, shout out to boys to men, that the Cowboys have kind of managed to take. And speaking of the NFC East, I don't know that it is really going to work out for the Cowboys. I, I know that some of you may have been holding out hope. Some of you weren't quite what did weren't quite weren't quite ready. Uh, see, I'm not quite ready. It's difficult. You know, it's difficult to talk about the Cowboys being 3-9, but weren't quite ready to abandon hopes of winning the NFC East and commit yourselves to Team Tank. Let's take a look at the remaining schedules in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys, now 3-9, and nine, have... You know, I, it, it depends how you look at things, right? They've, I think the Cowboys win on Sunday, right? As we're talking here now, very late Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this or watching this, but we're talking live late Tuesday night. The Cowboys will be in Cincinnati on Sunday to take on the, what, Ryan Finley-led Bengals. That's still, I know, a question mark. Uh, but they'll probably win that game because as bad as the Cowboys are, the Bengals are worse. Now, if you are truly Team Tank, the Cowboys have to find a spectacular way to lose this because this game against the Bengals, whoever – wins or loses this is going to be the difference between picking like third overall and fourth overall so if you are team tank you are really looking for a way to mess this thing up if you are the Dallas Cowboys but after that next week the Cowboys will host the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football so if you thought the national dragging of the Cowboys was over think again after that the Cowboys will host the Philadelphia Eagles which as mentioned is now a different game because of the Jalen Hurts factor so it's hard to expect the Eagles to be the same disaster they've been under Carson Wentz and finally in week 17 the Cowboys will visit Jason Garrett's New York Giants um, and probably lose that game so think the Cowboys win maybe four games right maybe maybe five I mean again it's possible but let's look at this and the Jalen Hurts factor is very real but the Eagles this week they've got the New Orleans Saints after that the Arizona Cardinals and the Cardinals are appearing to be a bit more of a fraudulent team than any of us expected I mean they're a crazy DeAndre Hopkins catch away from having lost five games in a row so you never know uh we'll get back to the Cardinals in a second but then the Eagles are in Dallas and then the Eagles finish up at home against the Washington football team we all think that they will lose that game it's possible the Eagles don't win another game that is, is a possible truth, and they might end up picking higher than the Cowboys. The Giants, this week, they have those Cardinals at home after beating the Seattle Seahawks on the road. I don't think you can count the Giants out of that game, which is crazy to say. So you've got the Giants playing the Cardinals, then the Browns. They'll probably lose that game. Then they play the Ravens, who the Cowboys just got destroyed by. And then they play the Cowboys. So you're talking about the Giants, who are already at five wins, probably getting to seven, right? I, th- I think that that's doable. And then the Washington football team, also sitting on five wins. They've got the San Francisco 49ers this week, and, I, you know, it's possible the Cowboys get Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle back, uh, which would not be fun unless you are Team Tank. But for now, the Washington football team will get the 49ers without them. That is maybe a win. And then you've got Washington playing the Seattle Seahawks. And I know the Seahawks lost to the Giants, whatever. I don't think that the Seahawks will lose to Washington. But Washington plays the Carolina Panthers in the penultimate week of the regular season. And that is a big, let's win it for Ron Rivera game. And so I do think that Washington will win that. And I think that Washington wins in week 17 against Philadelphia. I think that Washington maybe gets to 8-8. Eight and eight, And that might be enough to win the NFC East ultimately. I think that Washington should be the favorite if you're a person who likes to partake in those types of things. But I certainly would not be shocked if uh, the New York Giants find a way. Uh, Christopher says it's another lost season. It sucks. It, I mean, yeah. That does suck, but... 
this season was lost way back when Dak Prescott hurt his ankle. All right, this season didn't become lost because the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys couldn't get it done, or the Ben DiNucci-led Cowboys, or the Garrett Gilbert-led Cowboys. No, this season was lost when Dak Prescott got hurt. And you think about the mountain of injuries that the Cowboys have had to deal with. It is insane. It is really ridiculous. The Cowboys lost Gerald McCoy before the season ever began. All right, they lost Blake Jarwin before their first game was over. They lost Tyron Smith. They lost Lyle Collins. They lost Leighton Vanderish for a stretch. They lost Chidabay Wuze for a stretch. They're playing without their best cornerback right now in Trayvon Diggs. They lost Dak Prescott. They've lost Zach Martin. Their best center, obviously, Travis Frederick retired before the season ever began. I mean, Connor Williams is the point of stability on the offensive line, which is a crazy place to live here in 2020. Yet somehow, someway, here is where we are. Um, it's 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 frustrating. I get it. It is really frustrating. Um, Tiny uh, says, I'm now team tank, but yeah, how do they tank the Bengals or Jets, uh, you know, are so bad. I agree. Um, look, um, let's see. Andre says, RJ, how can the Cowboys in- invest in fixing defense when they still have to pay the quarterback? Look, I'm, there's a lot of like the salary cap isn't real talk. And, and that is, it's a, it's a fair point that the salary cap is not this like impending doom that a lot of people make it out to be. And like the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be up against it when it comes to the salary cap and their situation. But it is possible for the Cowboys to pay Dak Prescott and find defensive talent, right? I mean, you know, and, and I think that we think, and I want to speak for you here, but I think, I think that we think that the Cowboys have things to work with on defense. I'm not saying they have a roster full of pro bowlers, right? But, like, think about next season's defense on a superficial level. You've got Tristan Hill back. We all thought he was playing very well before he got hurt for the season in the same game that Dak Prescott did, right? Okay, cool. You've got Demarcus Lawrence. Do not be one of the people that's like, Demarcus Lawrence sucks, whatever. No, Tank Lawrence is awesome. You don't have a problem there. So you've got Tank Lawrence. You've got Tristan Hill. You've got Randy Gregory. I mean, you know, you've got Alden Smith if he comes back. I mean, you know, so I'm not too – you've got Neville Gallimore in his second year. So defensive line, I'm not super worried about. The Cowboys will probably say goodbye to Tyrone Crawford. But overall, not too bad, right? You've got Leighton Vanderish. You've got a legitimate piece to work with who has had his fair share of troubles, but you've got a legitimate piece to work with still on his rookie contract. Jalen Smith is is a tough situation, right? But um, maybe – Maybe Francis Bernard does something special, right? But the point being, you have a legitimate piece there. You've got seemingly a a star cornerback in the making in Trayvon Dix, right? You really don't have anything else in the secondary. Secondary is awful, right? There's a lot wrong with the state of the secondary. So how do you fix it? Well, you know, if you end up with a fourth overall pick, you call the Chicago Bears or the Detroit Lions or somebody say, hey, come get your quarterback right now and give me a lot of picks because that's how you fix it. It's, it's going to be more than just, you know, the fourth overall pick, the fifth overall pick, whatever. The Cowboys need a lot of help. And they need, to your point uh, about having to pay Dak Prescott, they need a lot of younger, cheaper rookie contract help because, you know, that's that's the dream, right? Uh, Dizzle, the god, says we got to tank and trade down maybe more than once. I agree. Trade down, trade down. This is going to be a fascinating year when it comes to the NFL draft because of the fact that so many players have opted out. So many players obviously opting out as the season continues to go along. Uh, the great Dane Brugler last week mocked Caleb Farley to the Cowboys, obviously opted out. So it's, it's hard to know, right? And it, it's hard to know what teams are going to value what because of the incredible uniqueness of this college football season and really of this year in many ways and so but to answer the question that's how you fix this defense you trade down you have a great draft class and I think that we all think again that the Cowboys did have a great draft class in 2020 they just faced a firestorm from hell I mean right like that's that's the problem here and I think you know this is a bold take 
a, a bit of a bold take, so excuse me, but the Dak Prescott-led Cowboys, like if you just put Dak Prescott on the Cowboys on Tuesday night in Baltimore instead of Andy Dalton, I think they win that game. I, I really do. I think that Baltimore played down to the Cowboys a bit. I think that, you know, obviously Baltimore still would have scored a lot, but I think that the Cowboys would have scored a lot. I mean, like, let's. I think that the Dak-led Cowboys at least split the series with Washington. I think the Dak-led Cowboys beat Philadelphia in Philly when Ben DiNucci played, right? I think that, you know, the Dak-led Cowboys, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, you, can, you can go a number of ways here. And my point is, I think the Dak-led Cowboys are maybe smashing some offensive records, partly because of, of the defense and how bad they are but I think that they are at least in first place in the NFC East and so to answer that question in a long way if you have that piece you're fine right like if you like look at the Seattle Seahawks as an example and I'm not saying that the current Seattle Seahawks are the bright and shining example of who you want to be as an NFL team but if Russell Wilson is on they've got a shot right like we all agree right if Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level the Seahawks have a chance and I know I know Dak Prescott's not Russell Wilson whatever but Dak Prescott is a very good very elite franchise quarterback and so when he's on you've always got a shot we've seen that right we've seen that a number of times and so if you can bring that piece in you can figure a lot of other things out or a lot of other things will figure themselves out I should say and so that's why getting Dak back is such a high priority and you know it is um it is what it is um let's see here Alden Smith has looked brutal after week four or five PSNI Cranby says um yeah I mean Alden Smith is again still the fact that Alden Smith is what he is is still pretty incredible like individually his own story and we're all rooting for Alden's story um but yeah, I mean, the, the pace he was on was never going to keep up. And, 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 you know, what's interesting about that is there was the talk and there was the discussion right around the trade deadline that uh, the Seattle Seahawks or whoever it was uh, had called about Alden Smith and the Cowboys said no. Well, why would you say no? If, if your season is so bad and you are going to need a lot of cheap young talent and you're seemingly ready and well-equipped to trade away guys like you were Everson Griffin – I mean, why not, you know, why not pull the trigger there? And, and why hold on to Alden Smith if, if that's the case? And so whoever was interested, in, I know Mike Garofalo reported that there was a team interested in Alden Smith. Um, why not, you know, <laughs> why not find a way um, to, to, to just stock up and pile up draft picks? And the Cowboys will get a comp pick for Byron Jones, and that'll be awesome. But overall, the Cowboys need a lot of people. And so, you know, you've got to get rid of some of these guys. And, and that was the moment because it, was, it wasn't it was predictable, but it made sense that Alden was going to regress because that pace was just simply unsustainable. Um, so it is what it is. But the Cowboys lost tonight if you joined us late and somehow didn't know 34-17, to 17, the final score against the Baltimore Ravens. Hard to... Hard, hard to find anything to be optimistic about. I do think that the fact that the offensive line played well is a point of confidence and a point of optimism and a point of, honestly, forward thinking. Because, you know, the Tyron Smith-Lyle Collins situations are going to be ones that are going to obviously play a big role in 2021 and beyond, and you're going to need tackle depth. And so the fact that you're getting all of that and the fact that you're getting all these important snaps and these, you know points of experience I think that that can really help um so so I think the fact that the offensive line has played well is a great thing I think CeeDee Lamb got a lot of action in this game and I think he's obviously going to be um a very important piece of the Cowboys team moving forward so that's a great thing to see I thought all three of the Cowboys alpha wide receivers played really well against Baltimore Amari Cooper played well Michael Gallup played well they both had touchdowns CeeDee played well CeeDee almost had that Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the first half by the way this was such 
a poorly officiated game. And I don't want to be the guy that's like blaming the officials and, you know, the officials had it out for the Cowboys and everybody hates the Cowboys. That's not my take at all. Um, but this was a very, very, very poorly officiated game. And I think we saw that play itself out in a lot of instances and in a lot of different moments. But if you are team tank, the Cowboys lost and they're now three and nine. They secured a losing record, again, for the first time since 2015. They have only, I mentioned the the sort of brief history of the Baltimore Ravens. The Cowboys have only defeated the Baltimore Ravens once, one time. One single time the Cowboys have beaten the Ravens. It was four years ago. Uh, the only time they've ever defeated the Ravens was the only time they've ever started Dak Prescott against the Ravens. So, you know, call that a coincidence. Call that a fact of life. Call it what you will. Uh, but... The Cowboys will play the Bengals on Sunday. It's going to be a fast week for them, obviously. We'll have you covered at bloggingtheboys.com. We'll be back here, actually, on the Blogging the Boys YouTube live stream. If you want to join us, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us, we're going to talk Cowboys. We'll obviously have a lot of discussion about the fallout from this game, everything going on, kind of prep you for the Bengals game, things to look forward to, uh, how the Cowboys are probably going to win this thing and what the future might look like. So uh, subscribe to the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. We're putting out a lot of fun stuff, film reviews, breakdowns, these live streams, lots of fun discussions we appreciate everybody uh that that you know includes us in your dallas cowboys fandom we all want to see the cowboys do well and uh we're, we're rooting for that you know all the same and so if we can get there together i think it'll be a lot of fun uh make sure to subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network again available on all major podcast platforms leave a rating write a review uh we put on an episode like i said every 12 hours later on on wednesday because uh, it is wednesday time stands still these days you will have a new episode of talking the star breaking down what we saw in baltimore on a deeper level with Connor Livesey, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson. So get ready for that. For now, look, I know the Cowboys lost, and I know that that sucks. All right, we're all mad, we're all upset, and we're all pissed off. But one of the coolest things about the day and age that we live in is that we can all enjoy all of this together. That is a really cool thing. And I promise you, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I promise you there will come a day in the offseason, like the middle of May, where we will say, Man, what I wouldn't give to complain about Dallas Cowboys football right now. Like, other sports are cool and they're awesome, but nothing is like the NFL. Nothing is like the Dallas Cowboys. So I cherish these moments. It's frustrating right now. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but it is a lot of fun, and I appreciate everybody that makes us part of the ride. Uh, we enjoy it, and we enjoy being part of it with you. Uh, so with all that being said, do me a favor and have the absolute best Wednesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends, as always. Go Cowboys and peace out.